All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Can you see it? Did you notice? Check, but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes beat reporter here. Like, I, don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network Podcast and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in and down Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. Hello Canucks fans, welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation brought to you by the great folks over at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S, all one word, Hockey Season. That will get you $5 off your order at ZephyrEpic.com. That is Z-E-P-H-Y-R, Epic. Check them out on all platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, whatever it is. They're all over the social medias with all of your trading card needs covered. You can visit them online at ZephyrEpic.com. Dot com or in person at the retail location in Surrey. Shout out to Colin. Shout oh, out to Colin and his kids. We won't say and his kids, kids' name on the air, but uh, and their puppy, eight week old puppy. Oh. We uh, we put it out last week. If Beautiful. you got kids and you want hockey cards, we're doing in home deliveries. Yeah, um, brought some hockey cards for Colin. Got another one uh, yeah. in a couple days here as well. More hockey cards. Yes, a request for Oilers cards. Yes, so some been, Oilers cards. Yes. I've been saving the Oilers cards on the side here to send to Oilers Nation, but you know what? 
I know it's Aaron Bordado, our producer's birthday today. Mm-hmm. And the Oilers guys, they all want the Oily cards. The kids come first, okay? Yes. That's well, the one rule on this show. It's been since day one. I was thinking kids come first. Maybe we can have some Oilers Nation merch sent out. But we'll, we'll talk about this off air. My name is Dave Guadrilli. I'm joined, as always, by the man who built the place, Chris Faber, our technical producer. And a very happy birthday to our technical producer, Aaron Bordado, today. Uh, that is not the biggest news of the day, unfortunately, for Aaron. Uh, Quinn Hughes has been named the 15th captain in Vancouver Canucks history. How are you? Do you want, do you want to say anything before we get to the stuff? I, we got a busy show. I don't oh, think I mean, we got no, time for pleasantries today. Here's a plus, at least some pleasantries would be nice towards Aaron. You, I've never seen you brush past something so fast. Happy birthday, Aaron. <laughs> I said happy birthday. What do you want me to say? I don't, I can't get give some, him a cake. Some HBDs in the chat, please. Let's yes, go. Let's get like, some HBDs on. in the chat. I appreciate it, boys. Thank you, you very much. You're welcome. Uh, Quads is trying to get out of this as quick. Well, as yeah, I'm gonna get gonna get moving here. You've you've uh, put on your little dress clothes. I just want to tell the people the reason I'm wearing a suit is because my dear co-host here slept in. Uh, no. Horrible. Yes. You. Oh, what do you mean? It's it's a Monday morning. You can't clock in at 9:45 in the morning. I was up at 9:10. Okay. On the dot. So. The Canucks announced at 8.16 this morning that Quinn Hughes will be the 15th captain in Canucks history. I immediately get the news post up. I text Chris. I say, hey, man, like you live next to the rink. You think you can make this one? No response. Wanting to make sure that we had coverage, I threw on my suit, hopped on the Sky Train, and came in uh, downtown to do the press conference. No, it's, and that's it's, what always, I did. it's always a good thing when Quaz decides to put in a full day of work. <laughs> and, and today was the first time we've had that in a while. So that was, yeah, good for you coming down to the rink. Oh, you're going to talk to me about night. work. Reddit's on my side now. Reddit noticed you, you're the one that doesn't have the work ethic. Yeah, After Friday's report, my practice rink report, which might, might I add, I think, conspiracy Canuck here, I think to some extent, the Canucks announced this because they didn't want all the shows to be talking about the Friday report. I'm just oh, joking. Okay. I'm just joking. We'll right. get to that later. We'll get to it got... because we have to talk about Quinn Hughes as the captain. Well, That's you've the got even thing. more on, by the way, the article's good, but I know you want to talk. You want to spend some time to break down the article that you wrote as well. Yes. That's, that's a major report as well. The practice rank that, uh, trending towards being a, a very and strong might I say, point. I can see Burnaby Mountain from here. So all the people crying, you oh. know, just settle down. It's not that far. Anyways, we'll talk about it later. We'll talk about the uh, report from Friday that SFU might be the home of the Canucks' new practice facility. We'll talk about that after. First things first, Chris, Quinn Hughes as the 15th captain in Canucks history. You said that about four times already. You were the first one that I know of, and I'm going to give you props here, buddy. Yeah. You were the first person that I know that was on the Hughes for captain train. Do we know when the first time you said this was? Because I think it was all, it was quite some time ago. Like I think this was... You were, you were arguably saying this like the week that Horvat was traded. And you're looking it up. You're trying to find the archives here. But I do know that you were one of the first on this train. And I have to give props to you for that. I came around on it, but I, I'll be honest. I, I thought Pedersen first. I, I yeah. My first thought was Pedersen. Uh, some folks in the chat saying they would have liked to have seen JT Miller. Of course, our YouTube live chat is bumping as always. But your reaction to Quinn Hughes being named captain? Yeah, I think it's the right choice. Um I've seen enough from Quinn Hughes to think that he's the right leader for this specific Canucks organization uh, and this team. The way, the way they're at, the way they're kind of trying to turn the page. I actually like the announcement coming in today instead of being like an opening night, big ceremony type of thing. I like it. Uh, you know, Patrick Alvin mentioned it a few times today in the press conference that it's a fresh start. They're turning the page, those type of things. And I completely agree. That's what this organization really needs. I think putting the C on Quinn's chest is the right move. I think he is the leader of this team. He's the right guy to be the captain moving forward. So, yeah, uh, I'm all on board. And, yeah, I've been saying it for a long time. I, I, It's like I said, I, I go back to, you know, how difficult that end-of-season availability was for Brock Besser uh, just weeks before he lost his dad. And seeing Quinn step up in that situation, mm-hmm. I tell you, like, that, I, I knew from that moment, like, he should be the next captain. Uh, that's a moment that you need someone to be the leader. Like and help out your teammates and those type of situations. I just all through and through, yeah, I've been saying Quinn Hughes is going to be the captain. He should be, uh, and nice to see it today. I think it, it's good. He's the, you know, I've seen in the chat a little bit here. Yeah, he's a bit quiet for a coach or for a captain, but to me, he is the leader. He's the guy who's going to play the most ice time for this team. He's going to be on the ice all the time. He's the guy that you want to be leading this group. And I tell you, once they get to the playoffs, I think it's even more. I think that's when you're really going to see this guy be the leader of this team that you expect when you put a C on his chest. He's quiet, but so are the Sedins. 
And he brought up the Sidians, and I found that very interesting. Mm. Uh, there, there's a quote. I, I should know it, but there's a quote about, you know, the guy who talks the most isn't always the smartest person in the room. You know what I mean? Something like that. Well, we can say that on this show. I talk the most here, I think. <laughs> I think this episode, I'll be talking the most. Yeah, so, it's true. Yeah, this, this might ring true, especially today. But my point being that when he opens his mouth, it's always very calculated, mm-hmm. right? Like, we, we saw him speak up about the Tanner Pearson hand injury, right? organization probably didn't love that but you know what Quinn was speaking his mind right and he was very sure of what he was saying it's not like he just thought about that and said yeah I'm, I'm gonna say something about this like no he that was a very calculated thing that Hughes did and and look I, I I have all the respect in the world for Quinn Hughes as a leader I think he's a great choice for captain I absolutely absolutely do yeah I think just so. the way he carried himself today as well like at the press conference sorry to cut you off as soon as you start talking but just the way he carried himself at the press conference, the way he answered questions, um, the way he was able to reflect and point out, not a mistake per se, but maybe a blind spot of his, where he said, you know, I have not taken advantage of the fact that the Sedins are right there. Right. And they were standing in the room when this happened, when the announcement was made, but he said, you know, he's asked about his parents, talked about he's going to lean on his parents and all that, but he also spoke about, you know, two guys I haven't leaned on that I probably should have more are the Sedins. Right. And those are two guys. That the, the question I kind of had in my mind, I didn't end up asking it, but was who's a guy or, or a, a leader, leader, like a captain, former captain around the league that reminds you of Hughes's leadership style? And I think one of the obvious answers is Henrik Sedin, right? Like, you know, quiet, calculated in what he says. Um, he's quiet, but when, you, when he talks, he is the guy that you want to be talking. He is the guy that you want to be representing your organization. Like, JT Miller wears his heart on his sleeve, but do you want your captain saying stuff like, yeah, I don't care if people throw their crap on the ice when a jersey's thrown on the ice, right? Like, just the way Horvat carried himself in media veils compared to how JT does, and that's not a criticism of JT. Sure. Everybody has different leadership styles, but from an organizational standpoint, I completely understand why you would want Quinn Hughes representing your organization. Yeah, I think a lot of the captaincy to me is about respect, and let's, like, be frankly honest here. Does anybody in the Canucks locker room generate more respect from their play on the ice than Quinn Hughes. Exactly. Like, I don't think so. I think he's the most respected player in that locker room for what he does on a night-to-night basis. And, yeah, he's not going to put up 100 points, right? Patterson put up 100 points last year. That's all great. But, man, Quinn Hughes is eating 27 minutes a night. Like, this guy is putting everything out there for this team. I think it, for that reason alone, the, the stuff that he does on ice, he makes the most sense as a captain. And you brought up, like, the – kind of calm demeanor that he has. I think that's a good thing to have as a captain, specifically in a Canadian market. And that was something that he talked about a little bit today uh, when he was kind of answering some of the questions. I I found it interesting. This is one of the quotes. Said it's a blessing to play here. Some people may may not want that pressure or whatnot, but I know that the first game of the season, it's going to be packed and people are going to be excited. And that's what you want. Yes, those are the positive things. But I think what you brought up was like keeping that honest but calm way of talking about when things are going bad, right? Like when this team's on a four-game losing streak and they're coming home after a horrible road trip and they have to answer for that or what's the playoff situation like. Like all these things, I, I feel very good about Quinn Hughes being the guy to speak for the room in that situation because, yeah, you like we love dealing with him because, yeah, he's, he doesn't, he's not going to give us a four-minute answer like Luke Shen did last year when you're talking to a player like that, but you're going to get like your 30-second clear point from Quinn Hughes, like a captain should. Gets to the point, delivers his message, speaks for the room. Nobody in that room is better than Quinn Hughes for that. I, well said. Do you have anything else you want to mention about Quinn Hughes before? Uh... We can play the uh, uh, the video here from the Canucks sure. uh, tweet. And we'll kind of just react to this. This was talking about getting the support from the other leaders. We're talking about JT Miller, Thatcher Demko, Elias Patterson, making sure that the whole team was behind him. So let's play this clip real quick. We'll react off to this. I think he talked a little bit about expectations as well. We'll play the full clip. It starts off here talking about the support from the rest of the leadership group. You know, meant a lot to me just from what he said. I played with him and Petey and Demmer and Brock and these guys for five years, and there's been a lot of ups and downs and, um, you know, they're really the only guys that know what it's like to be in my shoes and vice versa. So, you know, they're really special relationships. And to have what he said and PD, um, it means a lot to me. What's your message to the fans? Yeah, I would say to the fans that it's been an honor to be here for five years and play for the Canucks. I mean, just seeing um, how passionate the city is. And this is really a hockey market. Now being the captain, it's uh, incredibly special, something I never dreamed of. And it's going to be exciting. It is going to be exciting. And I think it's a new page in Canucks history, right? And and hey, 
They got to go out and prove it on the ice. They got to absolutely go prove it on the ice this season. But it's a better feel around the organization, right? And I'm not saying this is all because of Hughes, but I've, I've talked about this before. Even the leadership group just making a point of saying, hey, we all got to get out here very early this season and we cannot have the same start that we did last year. Alvin spoke about how that went into the decision, right? right. Um, I tried to get him to clarify it, but he hinted at it. He hinted at the fact that they wanted to get it done ahead of training camp, um, you know, to just have it behind them and they don't want to do the big ceremony and all that, which I found interesting. It was an interesting angle. And to be honest, I, uh, I I agree with it. I think you want to have that leader in training camp, even if all the guys know. Now everybody knows, right? Like that's the guy. That's the guy you're going to talk to during preseason. That's the guy you're going to talk to all season long. Yeah, I like it because they could have so easily, like their first game of the season, it's a weird setup for people who don't know how the season starts. It's one game at home, then boom, you're on the road. Yeah. To me, and we talked about this a little bit, Like it felt like that was, okay, that's the night where they're going to announce it. I like this. I like this setting the standard for a new training camp. It's like they said, it's a fresh start, turning the page, whatever terminology you want to use here. I, I just love that this is the direction they're going and that they did it today. I, I think it's this is the right move moving forward. You know, with the young stars around the corner, maybe Quinn's a guy who talks to some of the players, the young stars, in a similar way to R.C. Baines at development camp, or kind of, I, I just to me, like a captain sets the standard for the organization. And who else would you like? You couldn't ask for a better guy than Quinn Hughes. This is a guy who grew up around hockey. It's been his life since he was pretty much born, I guess. Right? And like he's come into this, he's learned what the culture around hockey is and the culture that he wants to set in hockey. And I think that's something that we've seen from the Hughes family is like, hey. They do a lot of good for the sport, and right now you have one of those guys being the captain of a, va- a major Vancouver market, which is huge across Canada, across the NHL. It's it's a great setup, I think, moving forward here, and yeah, just like no quail, no quals. Is that it? Is that the word? Quals? Qualms. Qualms. Damn, I was close. No qualms I at think. all. Well, I didn't <laughs> sleep last night. Uh, no, no, you slept this morning. We all know. Okay, here we go. No, okay. No, I, I, I'm just saying, like, I, I think everybody's on the same page. We have the poll question coming up later about the practice rink. We'll spend some more time talking about that. But why don't we uh, dive into that? Because I think we're done here. I think we're we're all in, in agreement here. Like, this is great. And I'm glad they did it now. I'm, like, is anybody arguing they should have done it on opening night and had a big ceremony? I don't know. You going to bust out word of the day again this year when we're back to five days a week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. You want to talk about five days a week real quick? Yeah. We're going to be doing five days a week again. Yeah. Um. um so the goal... <laughs> So training camp, right? It's the twenty first to the twenty fifth. Yeah, that week. That week is when we're going to start, but I think it's only going to be four that day because we're going to start on the twenty sixth, twenty seventh, twenty eighth, twenty ninth, and then basically once. Uh, what's the month after September here? October. October, and I October's will be full on. Five I days will a week. be in Edmonton, so I will be doing the show remotely. Um, on the twelfth, I fly into Edmonton. So the twelfth, I'll try to be. I, I hope I'm around for the show. You might have to get a guest co-host. Yeah. And then Friday, I will be working all day from Edmonton. Saturday, Canucks at Oilers. I'll be in attendance for that one. But I got like obviously Canucks are going to practice on Friday, um, the thirteenth, all that sort of stuff. So yeah, so we're we're ramping back up five days a week and um, a regular guest announcement. Well, you want to do that on Wednesday, maybe on the show, live on the show. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Good thing we did a show on Monday. We only did a show on Monday because I dropped that SFU report yeah. on Friday. Well, we, and I said over the weekend, I was like, hey, I want to I want to do a show mm-hmm. on uh, Monday, which is very rare that I want to do extra work. And that's something, something that's different from last year. Is me doing extra work. Well, that's we haven't seen that yet. We'll see if that happens <laughs> actually or if this is just, you know, word of mouth here going around and a bunch of, bunch of flubs here. But what I'm saying is the something different for next year and this coming season, I mean. We're going to have regular guests. On uh, many of the days. We've got a great guest list lined up, I think, right now. Uh, Monday to Friday, a guest on each day, which I'm very excited to chat with and kind of, you know, make this more, you know, get this into like a, a smooth running show. Smooth operator here now that I'm uh, running everything around uh, Canucks Combo here. But uh, I'm excited about it. All right, let's get to the practice ring. This is the report you broke. Uh, was it Friday night? It was Friday night. Friday night, you're breaking news. Did a great job covering this. So why don't you just walk us through from uh, so- tell people who don't know about the story that you broke on Friday about a potential practice ring. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I've been working on this story since about April. I'd say April uh, is the first time I heard about the first meeting between Francesco Aquilini and SFU President Joy Johnson. A big part of this story was trying to figure out what they were meeting about, right? Like, because this could have been any number of things, right? But then I started to follow each lead and it kind of led me to putting together all the information that was in the Friday report. Now, in that Friday report, I focused a lot on what we know because that's what you do. When you're a big J journalist wearing a suit, that's what you do is you only focus on what you know, not what you think. Because this is a podcast, I am going to dive into the what we think about the situation, what we wonder about the situation, but I will quickly recap first what we know about the situation and basically what I reported on Friday. So here is what we know in the spirit of good journalism. Here are the things that we know. The Canucks have been looking basically since Jim Rutherford was hired as president for a practice facility. The Plaza of Nations deal fell apart in early 2020 and nobody really knows the exact reason why. I'm sure one day we'll find out, but nobody knows why that happened. You're, you're making the money sign for those on the podcast. And hey, that, that might be it. We don't know the actual reason. We're only focusing on what we know, Chris, in the spirit right. of good journalism. I didn't say anything. We also know that securing land in Vancouver has been difficult for ownership. And of course, you can do the money sign there because, hey, it is expensive and it has posed challenges for ownership. Our pal Patrick Johnson has reported about the Willingdon Canada Way option. Again, I want to stress with this SFU report that we don't know that it's going to be there. We do know that they are talking about it being there, and we know a lot more about that situation than we do some of the other options. But I also know that the Canucks are looking at, and we know this because Jim Rutherford said it last time he spoke about it, I believe it was May he talked about it, that they've zeroed in on two to three potential places. Uh, I think that might have actually been last year. I got to look that up. But I know one of the last times Rutherford spoke, he talked about how they are zeroing in on two to three potential sites for the practice rink. Uh, the Canucks are going to become the last team in the NHL who don't have a practice rink. As soon as that Flames facility is built, they will be the only team in the league without a practice facility. Look, there's no need to talk about it more. The organization knows this is something that needs to get done. So they are working on it. So again, what do we know? Uh, they want a practice facility. It has been difficult to secure land. The other thing we know, now this is where you got to stay with me, folks. SFU said goodbye to their football program, and some of the athletic department's biggest donors are huge advocates of bringing Div 1 NCAA hockey to the school. One thing I'll say that I didn't mention in the article is that some donors were not very big fans of the football program, and at the end of the day, money talks. I'm not going to get more into that, but keep that in mind here. Some donors want Div 1 hockey, and like I said, they weren't very big fans of the football program. If the school wants to remain in the NCAA, they will need to add another program with the departure of football. This is where we start to see the door opening for Div 1 hockey to come to the school. Right now, they play in the BCIHL out of Bill Copeland. You ever been to Bill Copeland, Chris? Uh, Burnaby? Uh, maybe. I had a grad. My graduation ceremony was there. I've been to some BCHL games. Is that the one out there? No, no. Okay, never mind. Actually, well, the Burnaby Express, the yeah. now Coquitlam Express. No, no, no. They used to be there. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> they they played there when Poirier was getting constructed. Anyways, back to what we know. Um, they play at Bill Copeland. Bill Copeland is very outdated. The SFU hockey team has also scheduled games against. 
Tom Willander, Aiden Celebrini, against Boston University, Michigan, and other I've been, NCAA I've been opponents. talking to those BU folks. They're good folks. They, they're fans of, uh, of Canucks Army. Good stuff. Who isn't these days? Well, that's what I'm saying. The good folks uh, at uh, BU. I know a few people who aren't fans of Canucks Army hey, these days. easy. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Canucks Convo. 5 and $10 tier gets you all the bonus content. Back Can to you, what I'm talking about. Sorry, before you go to the yeah. before your next point, I, f- I find that really interesting. NCAA team. Mm-hmm. There's no NCAA teams in Canada playing hockey. Mm-hmm. SFU, I believe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe I have this right. At they, them going into NCAA for football was the first Canadian team to jump into the NCAA. I believe you're right, yep. I, I think hockey makes a lot more sense. The only Do you know how I'd easy be it would be about, to recruit? Like, it would be so sure, easy to recruit. Sorry, sure. go on, sorry. The, the thing I'm worried about is all of the NCAA hockey teams are in the East. Right, like is Tough nuts, Denver man. the most West University of Denver NCAA hockey? Like, I think that's the only one. Maybe our, our um, what's the Arizona ASU, State? Yeah, like those teams to the West. There's just not, uh, you know, there's nothing in Washington, Oregon, mm-hmm. kind of that area there, which I find a little interesting. But uh, it makes so much sense for it's like I, I get that SFU was like, yeah, NCAA football. That sounds great. They sucked. They lost every game by like sixty points. It felt like mm-hmm. hockey makes a lot more sense. Yeah, it does. That'd be great having a battle between like Hockey East and Pacific mm-hmm. Northwest or yep. whatever you want to call it. I think that would be an awesome idea. Okay, so what does this lead to? Basically, if SFU wants a Div 1 NCAA team, which I know they do, they will need a new arena if that team is to join NCAA. Bill Copeland's not going to cut it. No. Bill Copeland is not up to standards for NCAA. If I can cut Div in here, yeah, I mean, if you look at some of these things like Michigan and Mullet Northeastern, arena. <laughs> these arenas they have are incredible for NCAA yeah. hockey. Yeah, you you got to be better than Bill Copeland. I've never been there, but uh, I try to take your word for it. Hey, beautiful place, but okay. not not up to NCAA standards. It's nice for a toonie skate, but uh, yeah. Actually, it's not... Yeah, you better wear your helmet when you go out there, Quads. Ab- I told absolutely. You. Okay. Uh, so as I was compiling the story, obviously it became more about the SFU angles, but I did also confirm with multiple sources that, like I said, Francesco Aquilini has met at least twice with SFU President Joy Johnson. PJ, Patrick Johnson, in his report that he wrote about this after he uh, you know, saw my story and everything, said several meetings, not between those two necessarily, but between SFU and and the Canucks, different leadership between the two. And I have also confirmed that what they are talking about is a facility. Both the school and the Canucks need a facility. Now, what I was also able to confirm in that story, and Aaron, I know we got the photos here, is where they would put this facility. Because I also wanted to make sure that I had some some idea of the location. So I noticed this empty parking lot. And I was kind of told, like, yeah, this is probably where they do it. But I really, really wanted to hammer it home that the school would be okay, put, you know, building something there. Right. Uh, pull it up, Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, Looks and for good, those on yeah. the podcast, Faber's got me and my my beautiful grip of a six iron um, ready to hit onto SFU here. But at the bottom left, southwest there, you see I've circled it with an oval. And that is because the Richmond Oval was originally going to be constructed there. It was very hard to find. Nobody knew exactly where uh, the Oval was going to be constructed. I was looking at newspapers.com. I was going through everything. And then the Burnaby Heritage Archives. Pull this one up, Aaron. I found uh, Wedman, the athletic director, the old athletic director, holding up a rendering. And I zoomed right in on that photo that he's holding. He's standing in that empty lot near the residencies. You can see the softball field there, the mountains to the north. And that is how I determined that that is exactly where the oval was going to be constructed. Another thing that I didn't point out in my story, there's another road there. There is another road being built in that rendering. That rendering shows a road that does not exist yet. So a lot of people saying, well, what about the drive up the mountain? What about this? What about that traffic? Blah, blah, blah. They were willing to build another road for the oval. And I I didn't even notice that quite honestly until right now. So I just wanted to point that out that not only is that a location where the SFU transit buses don't go up that road. There is a road that runs down the middle for those buses to go. There's a couple roundabouts. That is on the west side of the campus, and you go toward the residencies. That is where, I, I would argue, having gone to the school, yeah. I would argue that's where the least amount of traffic goes, is to where that practice facility would be built. Okay. Okay, so what else do we know about this? Uh, Francesco Aquilini is an SFU graduate. Oh, also yeah. wanted to throw that in there. There we go. Um, little sweetheart deal potentially is what we're looking at here. And now we're officially stopping all reporting. This is what we think and what we wonder about this situation. You've been talking to a lot of people. I know you've been talking. To I have people. been. And, and yeah. these are the things that I wonder that I haven't been able to. Obviously, I'm not reporting anything here. I am. 
Faber's getting a call. Guy's got to put it put it on mute. You got to put it's it on mute. It's on mute, but I, I got the it's emergency It's on mute, but ones. it goes loud. That's and and the I'm emergency. not on your emergency contacts. Like, no, I'm not you're, your favorites. You would have been awake. I wouldn't have had to wear this suit. Although you I called me good. 20 times a day to tell I me don't, just something. I don't. Bert I, took a dump on the, ru- <laughs> on the rug or something. I don't need all that call. I don't need the calls from you. Okay. So the big question for me, Chris, and I've got a lot of them. The big one for me is what does an agreement look like? Like, does SFU donate the land to the Canucks if they offer to build it for free? What's going on here? I think that's your computer. No, it's not. Oh, that's my computer. Oh What's my going gosh. on here? <laughs> the thing I wonder, the, that's the big thing I wonder, yeah, is... Yeah, yeah. yeah shut, shut your thing off I here. know. It's, we're losing... I'm, you know what? We're losing it. Um, the big thing I wonder is if SFU donates the land to the Canucks, do the Canucks agree to build the facility? Because there's an agreement that works for both sides. The Canucks are getting a sweetheart deal on the land. They don't have to pay for the land, which is going to be a huge cost... SFU doesn't have to build the arena. They're giving the land to the Canucks for free. Is this what the agreement looks like? Like, how many, how many more intricacies are in this agreement? Are there two rinks built? One where the school gets to, you know, dictate when they when they do things. The Canucks dictate when they do things on one rink. Like, how many seats are built in this arena? Can the Canucks host a training camp there? Right. Right? Like they did at the Abbotsford Center. Can the Canucks do that? Another one. Do the Canucks want this more central location so that the Abbotsford Canucks can also use it? You take Highway 1, it's about 40 minutes away from Abbotsford, maybe more like 40, 50, 50 minutes away uh, from Abbotsford Center to SFU. Might be closer to an hour, actually. You've made the drive out. No, it but it's just on off Gillardi Way. Week, man. Which day of the week? Another thing I wonder, do they rename it? Is it no longer oh, called Gillardi Way? <laughs> what are you doing? I'm sorry, I got to... just ruffled your mic. I know, I missed that. I've Buddy, lost you, it a little you bit. Gotta, you gotta wake up here. Holy cow, I come with notes, I got my suit on, you just roll out of bed. Well, I'm not sick, I got a runny nose, and that's what's getting me here. <laughs> okay, so that's the big one I wonder is, like, what is this? what does this agreement actually look like? Okay, and another one that I wonder is this idea of, oh, this is such a far commute for the players, how is this gonna happen? Um... How are you going to get up the hill, people are saying? Yeah, how you know what happens when the SFU uh, Burnaby campus gets snowed in? Folks, I'm, I'm just going to be up front here. I went to SFU, okay? Yeah, yeah. And this idea of the, the shutting down of the mountain, it happened to me once when I went to the school. And you know what happened? And people saying, oh, you had to sleep in the gym, blah, blah, blah. If you got a friend with a truck or snow tires... Easy. You're getting yeah. down and up the mountain just fine. Like, public transit sometimes stops, but I've, I'm going out on a hunch here and saying that I don't think JT Miller is going to be taking the 95B line to get home to West Van. Like, I'm pretty sure these players are driving. None of them are going to be taking public transit. Gondola being constructed in 2026. So you're going to get... The uh, other thing I thought about, too, is like, hey, there's a lot of Canucks who live right around here by the rink. We mm-hmm. see, the, I see them in the elevator in my building all the time or, you know, around the streets here. A lot of them are in Yale Town or down in Gastown as well. But, uh... Like, would they not just take a bus from Rogers Arena, like, or have some sort of shuttle thing? Like, hey, we're going out to practice. Y'all can come here. We'll shuttle together. Like, I, I just don't. There's think going to be. Su- it's that. not going to be a. It's not going to be sky train, an issue. You know. No, you can't sky train up to SFU. That's the thing. Gondola in 2026, like I said. But right. you can't. You can't. Like, it's not. It's not as big of a deal as everybody thinks. And the the distance thing is so not unique to the Canucks. Like, it is actually about normal like it's actually a shorter drive than a lot of teams around the league have from their home rink to their practice facility and just talking to some players around the league and and, you know just different kind of situations around the league if it's constructed at sfu players will start to move to more central locations you'll start to see more players living in east van right like not everybody's gonna go live in carisdale or where they're at right now right if there's a practice facility in burnaby Mm. players might even start living in burnaby like they used to in the old days oh yeah right like you're gonna start to see players just start to move it's not it's not as big of a deal as everybody thinks the drive from rogers arena to sfu's burnaby campus is is 15.4 kilometers about 20 to 40 minutes depending on traffic remember these guys are leaving at the middle of the day they're not hitting rush hour traffic right and it's always the other way anyways um the setup isn't as big of a deal as everybody seems to think. Everybody wants it to be downtown. Look, I think that's best case scenario, but also let's be realistic here. We do know that the cost of land is posing challenges for ownership. So look, they are looking at different places. I'm not going, I, I, I don't have enough information to report 
on those other places. I do know at least one of them is within the city of Vancouver. And obviously, PJ has also reported about Willingdon and Canada Way in Burnaby, just off the highway, off Highway 1 there, uh, right by BCIT, our old stomping grounds, yeah. Chris. Um, for the rest of the NHL, I talked about this, and someone brought up, well, oh, recruitment. Like, they're not going to be able to recruit anybody if it's a practice facility. You know what will help with recruitment? Staying out of the headlines for the wrong reasons and winning hockey games. The Pittsburgh Penguins, their practice facility is about 30 minutes away from PPG Paints Arena. Have they had any trouble recruiting in Pittsburgh? Dallas, so. same sort of thing. The New York Rangers are, are 50 kilometers away from MSG. Do you think that's hurt the New York Rangers in recruiting? I don't think so. I think guys like Jacob Truba are trying to get there. Like, guys want to play for these teams, and it's not because their practice facilities are closer, far away. It's just... At least they have one. Exactly. It is not as big of a deal as everybody seems to think. If it's at SFU, what really matters is that it's a world-class facility, Mm. which I'm sure the Canucks are going to promise that it is. That's all I got on this. That's what I think. Um, Feedback is encouraged, of course, in the YouTube live chat. It's Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's, yeah, and Corey Anderson said in the chat, he said, let's get real here. It only shuts down because it's Vancouver and people can't drive in the snow here. Like, do you think people in Edmonton and Minnesota, like players are worried about their commute around town? No. No, they're not. No. I think it's, um, ultimately it's a good idea. I'm trying to think of like, what are the downsides of it? What are the downsides of SFU? I mean, it's not right beside Rogers Arena, mm-hmm. where most of the players live, but we've brought it up and had some great replies to the poll question, which we'll get to in a little bit here. But yeah, it's just players would start to migrate that way a little bit, right? Towards that, be in between yeah. them a little bit. It's just, to me, it's a little bit difficult. I don't think it like really affects the players that much, like having people be able to walk into UBC and watch a practice or go to eight rinks and, and be able to stand there at practice and get all the autographs. And I think certain players like doing that, but also at the same time, it's nice to kind of just have something that's your own a little bit, right? Okay, this is our practice facility. Or maybe the Canucks are selling tickets like the, the Kraken are yep. to practices and things like that. Like, it's, Oh, you know they will. <laughs> oh, yeah. They will by donation. But, I mean, like like – just having something and be able to make it your own. I know you're sharing it with SFU maybe at that point, or they're trying to make the push for the NCAA, two ice whatever surfaces, it may be. right? Maybe whatever two it ice is. Surfaces. Like, yeah, they've got actual land to work with something that is going to make sense in the end, instead of being forced like a square peg into a circle hole. Yeah. With going out to UBC, the ice isn't that good at UBC. Uh, going out to eight rinks, ice is a little bit better out there, but there's like a million rinks and everything going on. Like the players sometimes want to get here for the skate early and just go to work. Go to I ask Petey. Uh, I asked Petey once if he likes coming out to Burnaby, being, you know, born and raised in beautiful North Burnaby. I uh, asked Petey, I was like, do you like driving out to Burnaby? He goes, ah, it's fine, but I don't like the ice. I was like, very valid. Yeah. Very valid point, Petey. Um, okay, I should have clarified hey, I, this a little I, I better, I think. bring something back up to you. I said the NCAA stuff before you get this. Yeah. There are some teams in the Northwest. Mm. Alaska. Two teams in Alaska. And, 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 um, it's possible. It's Lisa possible, Lisa brought right? it up, and uh, yeah, like said that uh, University of Washington and Washington State, they both had them. They're not Div One, so mm-hmm. the, I'm looking at the map right now. The nor- most north, the most northwest, would be the two Alaska teams, uh, Denver and Colorado College, as well as North Dakota, starting to get into the north area there. So there are some. Te- you could make a division happen. There's going to be a lot of traveling, of course, but maybe you add a Calgary, right? Maybe you do go Washington State. The Cougars come up and play Div One. Like there, there's some options there for sure. I, I like that kind of point that you've brought up today of the SFU trying to make a push. I really think a Canadian team could push to be in the NCAA Div 1 for hockey. And I should have clarified this a little better, I suppose, but Joseph Lowe in the chat, uh, regular commenter in the chat, said, what is SFU wanting a Div 1 hockey team have anything to do with donating the Canucks a practice facility? Are they sharing the facilities? Yes. That is the idea, is that they would be sharing the facility in some capacity. Um, Those are the discussions that are taking place, obviously. Um, is, is that sort of thing? So and that's kind of what we're keeping an there. eye on. They got four rinks at the crack and ice plex. Yeah, and there's gonna be there's gonna be multiple ice yeah, exactly. surfaces. Like yeah, totally. I, two is probably even light. The, the final thing I want to say it's about the yeah, sorry, on. it's not like an arena they're building, right? Maybe one sort of you arena put one like, one ice surface has seats. Yeah, for sure. Or maybe two and one has less than the other. If you have like a four thousand plus seat arena, that's the number I was just given. Yeah, because yeah. um, they're gonna. If that's the thing, if it is going to be them connecting, it can't just be like a uh, four practice rings. Like yeah. one's gonna have to kind of be the the stage for them to actually play NCAA yeah. games. If that's what ends up absolutely, happening. and. Because SFU, you know, I used to do the BCIHL. Yes, like that's the league that they're playing in right now, and that's a league that's like it's a lot of guys that graduated out of the Dub or BCHL. Mm-hmm. They're just looking for a scholarship and looking to play somewhere else. So 
um, NCAA would really change things. Like you would get a big chunk of mm-hmm. the best players from the BCHL, the AJHL. A lot of them would probably like to stay and play for SFU. If they're the NCAA team of Western Canada, like I, I think that would draw some people to want to play there instead of going to, uh, you know, North Dakota, Michigan, these type of things. And those are huge programs and people would want to go play there. If you're the best of the best and the top prospect, but think about like the next level of guys from the BCHL that are getting so many scholarships. We know how many scholarships they give out every year to the BCHL players. A lot of those would be people wanting to stay in BC and continue to play in their home province. Yeah. Um, Maybe Macklin Celebrini would have yeah. been an SFU. Uh, what are, what's their what's the team name in SFU? The Red Leafs. They changed the name to the Red Leafs, not Leaves. Leafs. That's dumb. We're not. No comment. No comment They'll on change, that. S- proud that. SFU dropout. Yeah. <laughs> went there for one year. Yeah, you did. Learned a lot about English and writing, and hey, it worked out. Then I went to BCIT. Anyways, I'm not going to go. Would you my, drop uh, out of there? When did I drop out of BCIT? Yeah. Well, I did part time. <laughs> I'm not going to get into that. Dropped out one year before you graduated. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get to our poll question. It's related to the practice facility. Final thing. Yeah, go for Final it. thing. I just wanted to say that everybody talking about this downtown rink, like build, build it downtown, build it downtown, that is just not the norm in the NHL. It's not going to happen in Vancouver. There are three teams in the league, Chris, that have their facility, their practice facility, within walking distance or downtown of the arena. So if the Canucks had done the Plaza of Nations thing, they would have joined this list, becoming the fourth. The three places that have their practice facility in those places, Columbus, Edmonton, and Buffalo. Go look up the price of real estate in those three cities oh. and compare it to what we're looking at here in Vancouver. No, plus, they have a great gym down here at Rogers Arena. They do so have a great gym. A, if it's just a workout and a little bit of time on ice, yeah, but it's like if it's a dedicated practice day and you want four hours of ice... Go out there for that. Or if and, and the other thing. That, they could still practice at Rogers Arena. Yes. Like yes. that is the thing that, that people don't. Or maybe no one's. But really times up, but like, like right now when yeah. they can't practice at Rogers Arena. They got Beyonce down the street here. She's taking up the BC Place and Rogers. They're, they're practicing at UBC because they have nowhere else to practice. If they had a practice facility, they could do that. Players wouldn't have to talk to media. It'd be great. They'd love it. They'd love it. Yep. <laughs> Anyways. No, it's, um, just, it's the right. It's like. It feels weird to say, but it's like the right thing to do. Like, give put your players in the best position to make them most comfortable, especially when they come in early. Like, they, they don't have to be here till training camp. They are they they're all going to come. Obviously, they're going to come here and, and want to be able to practice with the guys. Just be nice to. I, I think it, if this ends up working out, but this has got to be years down the road, right? They're not getting this thing built in a, in six months. No, it's not going to be built in six okay. months. But at least like get it. Yeah, it'll be a year to see down the, the road. The years next down the road. step. Of actually getting this done will be the interesting part. Do we through. have, do we have a press conference before the season starts? About construction underway? Do we have anything? Might be time for Jim to get back in the media. You'd think, yep. Yeah. All right, get to the poll question here. It's related okay. to uh, to your uh, yep. our poll question. Our poll question, as always, brought to you by the great folks over at Atlas Goods. Go to atlasgds.com and use promo code CC15. That will get you 15% off your first order of pop rinds. These are the best fresh pork rinds straight from your microwave or air fryer, folks. Locally owned and operated Atlas Goods. They've got multiple flavors. You throw your favorite popcorn seasoning on there, and you've got a delicious high-protein, low-carb snack, so be sure to go check them out. These are not like your grandmom's pork rinds, folks. No. AtlasGDS.com. Is a practice facility on the SFU Burnaby campus a good idea? Yes, I love the idea. No, it should be downtown. No more goalie talk. And as always, I'm angry. I know where I voted. This is so silly. Like, anyways, I, I voted with yes, I love the idea. This isn't because I can see SFU from here and from my house. That's not why. Uh, but, but it is part of it. I would like it to be closer. But, like, yeah. Look, I I under I shouldn't say I love the idea because personally I do, but I understand the idea from an ownership perspective, like from ownership's perspective, from the organization's perspective. I understand it, and it is not breaking any sort of norm to make your players drive fifteen kilometers for their practice rink. It's just not. So yes, I like the idea, and I'm with the thirty six percent of voters that say they love the idea. Uh, 53% say no, it should be downtown. Yeah, good luck. 2% say no more goalie talk, and 9% of voters say they are angry. Yeah, a lot of people want it to be downtown, but I. Good response you brought here. brought it up. Yeah, I think it's an interesting. I just think that the people have. 
haven't really thought about just kind of like the process of evolving into this being the practice facility, like make a commitment to it. You mentioned maybe a road is built or something or, or just a little bit. It's going to depend on how they actually run the situation on a day-to-day. I just think it makes a lot of sense, and it's really not that far away from them. And if players like we've had in the replies, they'll start to migrate out that way a little bit more. It just makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Good reply from Hockey Badger here on Twitter. Yeah. Do people not realize how practice facilities work in most other markets? Montreal's is 16 kilometers away. Toronto's is 15 kilometers away. LA's is 26 kilometers away. The Rangers are 54 kilometers away. And as I mentioned, the Penguins, 33 kilometers away. SFU would be 15 kilometers away. Same as Toronto, which is the lowest of those teams that we just mentioned. Do any of those teams have trouble recruiting? No. No. If you're a winning organization, you are not going to have trouble recruiting players. If you do it right and you make that practice facility like top of the line, which the Canucks would do, and I mean, uh, somebody mentioned it in tier, Aquilini can invest in a Canucks facility if building near the practice arena too, someone said. But like, if if the land isn't like a big deal and you're not paying how much you would have to do to get land down here in downtown Vancouver, maybe the Aquilinis really invest in that practice facility and make it incredible. Like that's what they should do, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have anything else on this? No, I'm good there. I'm good on that. Shorter poll question today, but it is about what we've been talking about. I'm having an off show too. I'm having a bad show. Yeah. This was this was you're gonna be fine. A, this you're was a show good. for you to carry. I carry you on ninety percent of the shows exactly. anyways. No, you're doing fine. And plus buddy. I said Wednesday's all young stars talk, so I'm gonna run that. Yeah, show. I'm gonna bring my nightcap sweatpants. Why we make a good comfy. team quads. That's right. We do make a great team. Brains and brawn, right? More and more people are saying it. Yeah. Well some people. Joseph Lowe with a great point. JT Miller would have the worst commute of anyone. I well, think. yep, he'd be out of You life. ever taken the Iron Workers Bridge? Have you ever had to take it? Probably, yeah. Yeah. Right over there. I don't know. I, do I can see the, the congestion from here. Oh, yikes. Yeah. Yeah. One accident on that bridge and every... <laughs> yeah. It's... I don't They know. really should build another bridge. There should be another bridge. Well, I guess there's, you know, Lionsgate, but Lionsgate's over there. There should be one that goes to, like, you know, Lower Lonsdale, like what the sea bus does. There should be another bridge built. Well, all these Canucks, they got these boats that are pulling people behind on the... Uh, whatever little... Uh, what do they call these things? The Wakeboard. Water, water skis? I, I'm not young and hip anymore, quads. I can't... You, know, uh, you broke your hip on a wakeboard. Well, I, maybe. But, uh, I mean, what I'm saying is they'll just float around. They'll put the boats out in the water and go straight to practice, put all the gear in the back. The other thing, a lot of the players don't actually have to drive during rush hour for this practice facility. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. A lot of the times the practices are at 11 a.m. and they're going against the flow of traffic. They get to drive through Burnaby, which, hey, uh, Google Maps says Parker Street is the best way to get there. That's probably the way I'd take, right? right. Drive right through the old neighborhood, my old stomping grounds. But I'll tell you what, that traffic from Alpha, Alpha Secondary, and Burnaby North Secondary, Parker gets backed up, man. The light at Willingdon to Parker, basically from First Ave, and when you get on at Boundary Road, you know Boundary Road. We've talked about that. I explained to you that's the boundary between Vancouver and Burnaby. Right, yeah. As soon as you get onto those beautiful Burnaby streets, there's there's some traffic there. There's some traffic on Parker there. A lot of congestion, you know, Students crossing the street at Willingdon and Parker. I, as one of those students, I saw long lines of cars oh. my whole life. So aside from rush, well, right to rush hour, but like three thirty, you want to avoid that road. But that's the thing; they would be avoiding. And I've driven, I've driven that way. Like I drive, I I make that drive for even further every day. Every day, it's fine. And look, I know I'm not an NHL player. <laughs> Let's just wrap it up. All right, uh, let's get to our Betway bet of the day. <laughs> the drive isn't that uh, Jeremy bad. says don't give away any of the, the trade secrets here from the, the driving. Yeah, I'm not going to talk. Too late. <laughs> Corey, yeah, quad's another bridge. You got a couple hundred million to make it happen, fella. Like I said, <laughs> I'm not an NHL player or a city planner. Get his ass, Corey. I'm not I'm, I'm not. I just don't like driving over the iron workers. All right, Betway, let's get to our bet of the day. I'll yeah. get us out of here. Uh, you know, Betway, Betway, Betway. What do we got? Baseball? You don't know. You didn't do any of the prep for this, even though you say you're doing prep here. Uh, Blue Jays and Rangers. How about that for a series? Eh? Quads, I know you're, you're pumped for mm. this one, aren't you? Very invested in that yeah. one. What are you most excited about here with this uh, series? Uh, hope I, I, I am very much so rooting for the Jays, man. Like, I don't know how you can't. Um, look, I, I, you know, I make fun of Jays fans sometimes, but and when it comes to Mariners versus Jays, I'm riding with the Mariners. Nobody wants to see – well, some people do. Right. I don't want to see the Jays miss the playoffs. Like no, I know it's do fun. you. The Jays are a fun team to have in the playoffs because they're just chaotic as all hell. And here's the other thing: if you finish, 
Actually, I got I got to look it up. But someone's right, going to play the, the Twins in the, the first wild card round, and the Twins are are worse than any team in the wild card because the AL Central is a joke True. of a division. And quite honestly, the MLB playoff format's a bit of a joke as well. But I'm not going to get into that. Um, all right, here but, we go. Yeah, Easy go money here. Uh, Chris Bassett and Dane Dunning are the two starters. Chris Bassett for Toronto. Dane Dunning for Texas. God, that's a good name. It is a good name. Dane Dunning. Up and down year for Dunning. So here's the bet. Both of them, both of the starters today, to record four or more strikeouts. Dunning is averaging 6.7 strikeouts over his last seven outings. Bassett averaging 5.9 strikeouts over his last 13 outings. You combine those to make 20 outings, only one of those outings. Those two players have combined to be under four strikeouts. So $10 bet's going to return you 20 on this one. Uh, you just need both of them to have four or more strikeouts. Not asking a lot. Just asking for both to do a little. And that's what we're going with today. Even odds on this one. $10 bet is going to return you 20 There you go. Former Jay, Kirby Yates, on the bump right now for the uh, Atlanta Braves. Okay. Braves trying to secure a victory there you go, on our producer Aaron Bordado's birthday. That's Aaron's favorite team. Other than the Edmonton Riverhawks. Yeah. Of course. Good okay. spot over there. Um, so Wednesday, I yeah, believe we're going to announce our, our lineup on Wednesday. Probably. I think we're going to announce it on Wednesday. Yep. We're going to do a big Young Stars preview. I'll be heading up Thursday afternoon. Yep. Uh, carpooling with uh, Drance and Harmon. Nice. Should be an interesting ride up. tunes ready? Yeah. Oh, I got the tune. I hope that I can DJ here. It's not going to be harm DJing. I'll tell you that. Uh, I'll be in there DJing hopefully on the way up uh, listening to this. You know, just blasting my own podcast uh, as I DJ. That's a good <laughs> smart move. Uh, but we'll do that. We'll announce the show schedule. Um, our regular guests on Wednesday, which I'm very excited. Like, I got everything locked in. I already know everything. I just want to tell everybody, but I think we'll save it for Wednesday show a little bit. Give us something to talk about uh, and discuss a little bit in depth. I'm pumped for it. Our regular guests are freaking awesome. Uh, so jacked up for them to be regulars on the show here moving forward. Uh, and some exciting stuff as well to announce that I don't think people will see coming. I'm excited for it. Uh, so Wednesday, we'll be back for a show. We're doing it at 1 o'clock, right, Quads? Yes, 1 o'clock. 1 o'clock, so a little bit of a change up uh, from today's show at 1230. Thanks to everyone for tuning in on the YouTube chat. Uh, we are less than 20 subscribers away from 2,000. And then I can, you know, start uh, flexing a little bit on the bosses up there in Edmonton. So uh, if you aren't subscribed to the YouTube account, go ahead and do that right now. Are we getting a Burt Cam or no? No, no Burt Cam today. No Burt Cam, okay. What's he up to? Uh, he's sleeping right now. He's licking... Probably, and that's Probably. why you don't want one here. I don't want to do a Burt Cam. I got stuff going on. Okay, no Burt Cam today. Uh, people Did people chat, ask for it? Yeah, people are okay, asking for it in okay. the chat, especially fine, Karan, fine, fine. Or, or Karen, as you call. He just, uh, oh, nope. He just opened his Karan eyes. Karan says pain. He wants the, People want the Burt Cam. He just opened here. his eyes because the camera disrupts him a hey, little. Hey, so if you're not subscribed to the YouTube uh, channel, subscribe. We're going to have clips. We are going to have uh, those YouTube shorts. We're experimenting with that a little bit. Maybe we'll even have a live stream of just Burt Cams uh, for you through the night. Uh, we'll see if that happens down the road. Lisa crying emojis all up in the chat here. Don't worry, Lisa. Here you go. There's your Burt Cam. There we go. Everybody's happy now. Everybody in the chat's all happy now. All right, Quads, take us out of here. Okay. For my co-host, Chris Faber, a very happy birthday mm. to our technical producer, Aaron Bordado. My name's Dave Guadrelli. Folks, thanks for joining us on this Monday edition of the Canucks Conversation. Woo! Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.